And so we recite it together. We are a loving and compassionate, world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Through a consciousness of universal God presence, we release all resistance, separation, and fear. We claim our personal liberation and accept the eternal availability of joy, love, and abundance. Through our intention to be love and spread joy, we engender reflections of the same and more in others. Our ministry is a gift to the world, which expands through our practice and dedication. We welcome all people, and together we make a quantifiable positive difference on the planet. And so it is. Good morning, family. The horrendous murders of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd have emerged as the tipping point of decades of unnecessary and unrepentant police killings. Recent protests have been organized across the United States, demanding justice and systemic change to end police brutality. I can't breathe is the rallying cry and a literal reprise from protest of the 2014 New York Police Department killing of Eric Garner. Please join heart and soul in prayer for all. As news reports from Friday's protest in Oakland highlight the violence, looting, and property damage. And I have assigned these to protesters. Our prayers and concerns are for the family of the officer killed, all of the protesters and officers injured, and for the safety of all. We continue to pray for and stand in support of the activists who continuously risk their lives to protect our rights and expand the consciousness of humanity, including the right to safely demonstrate. It is up to us to stay the course and to tip the present into a future that ushers in a world that works for everyone. Please join us in prayer. And so, family, we just find our breath. That breath is that ours, by divine birthright, this breath. It is evidence of God's love, this breath. It is how we are here now. It kept us while we slept. It woke us this morning. And it is powered by the same force that rose the sun, that brings the ocean to the shore, the same power that beats our hearts and circulates our blood. God, 
I know and trust this God. At a time when we may be overwhelmed by collective grief, I know and trust God. At a time where our hearts are broken, God is bringing the light in. There is only this one life and we are living it. Each and every one of us are living it. We are one with this infinite perfection of the entire universe. It is without exception and it is regardless of the appearance of things. And so it is from this place of knowing, this place of trusting, this place of deep abiding faith that I, Sonia, speak this word simply knowing gratitude knowing gratitude that I trust God, knowing gratitude that community is coming together in love, knowing that we are linking arms and aims, knowing that God is always unfolding, always present, always available. I am grateful for this moment, for this opportunity to speak this word. I am grateful that we are here together in community. I am grateful for our beloved Reverend Andriette Earl for being vulnerable and powerful and unapologetic in her knowing of principle and truth. I am grateful that the goodness of God is always being revealed. I trust this knowing I am grateful to have this breath and to know this truth and for the good sense to be grateful for all of it the world is changing our lives are changing we are not the same and I am grateful and so in perfect gratitude I simply release this word into the law I know that it is done. I accept and expect it as so, not only because I speak this word, but because it is written on our hearts. And so we allow it to be now and forever. And so it is.
Us simply because our hair is long. Oh, you know, we've got to find a way to bring some understanding here today. Oh, picket lines and picket signs don't punish me with brutality. Come on and talk to me. See, and I'll tell you what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Indeed, what's going on? A song for such a time as this. Thank you, Valerie Trout. Thank you, Tammy Hall. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia Russell, for the prayer. Family, this is a, um, this is a day that requires, at least within my heart mind, something different. We began this morning with Benjamin Franklin, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected or think they are, are as outraged as those of us who are directly affected. And we're going to allow that to be the foundation of everywhere I intend to go. I want to I start today, first of all, by thanking you for being here, because Many of us are experiencing our own grief and frustration, and sometimes that does not translate. Oh, I know what I'll do this morning. I'll get up and go on Zoom or Facebook or YouTube in order to be a part of Heart and Soul. So I'm grateful that this is the choice that you've made. Thank you. I want you to know your being here boys my spirit. I am going to share with you because I'm, I'm setting a context here as my intention, I want to read a bit 
just excerpts for you from Ernest Holmes' Words That Heal Today, a work, this particular book, I do not know when he wrote it, but the, my, this particular copy, uh, the published date is 1949. And so I don't know if that is when it was written and first published, but I, I, I want to mention the date because I want you to know that this is not new work. This is not at all a new idea. So in the chapter, uh, it words that heal today, and he's, uh, the chapter ch- 10 is entitled The Great Example. And he says, no one yet knows what the united spiritual consciousness of a thousand persons could do. Before such a possibility could be demonstrated, it would be necessary that those engaging in such an experiment agree on certain spiritual truths, surrendering surrendering all differences of opinion to one common purpose. They would not have to agree on every detail of belief, but they would have to unite in one purpose. This is for such a time as this. They would have to pray and meditate without ceasing for that purpose, even though they were otherwise engaged in the ordinary activities of life. And again, because I'm excerpting, I'm moving on. Our individual power could be multiplied a million times through the joining together of even a thousand persons in one common purpose. Their effort would be deliberate and determined. Their goal would be positively held in mind. Since most everything else has failed and the hope of the world today hangs in balance, no greater good could come to humanity than that such a group of people band themselves together with the express purpose of demonstrating spiritual power in human affairs. So today is the day of Pentecost. And as is noted in Acts 2, and here's what Ernest Holmes says about that. He says an illustration of this, of what he's just, what I've just read to you, was given following the crucifixion of Jesus. After his resurrection, he was seen of his followers for at least 40 days, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then quoting from Acts 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, And they were all with one accord in one place. And then Ernest Holmes says, and suddenly they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It was through collective prayer and collective listening that this small but fervent group, among whom there were many who had known the master personally, received the benediction of the Spirit. And he goes on to talk about the the power of them having remained in consistent prayer, praying day and night, that it brought forth a complete manifestation of spiritual power. 
It was the loosing of this spiritual power through the fervor of faith, which is spoken of in this second chapter of Acts as the day of Pentecost, when all were filled with the Holy Ghost. Today is such a day on every level. This idea that we cannot be together in peace, that our differences keep us from doing this work. I've come today to say that ain't so. That in fact, we are required to come together regardless because there is a truth at the very center and foundation of who we are and what we're here to be, to do, and to have. And it requires that we get over ourselves. It requires that we get past how it was. Now, look here. It's not to forget how it was. But it's to get past allowing that to keep you from making the required steps to be fully present in this now moment so that you can be, dare I say, super effective. Because that's what's happening here is that it crosses all possible limitations. People who could not possibly or never had understood each other before begin understanding themselves. When I have been watching some of the protests and, and looking at what's happening right now, I can see it's looking like a day of Pentecost in terms of the people who are coming together in new ways and listening with new ears and seeing with new eyes. If I'm anything, I'm a spiritual preacher. So we back to Matthew 9, where we left off last week. Matthew 9 and 27, and where, where we have the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, where we, we meet him there. There's so much symbolism here, I just have to say. For it says when he had come to the house, and house is always representative of consciousness. It's always consciousness. So when he came to a certain consciousness of his old being, the blind men, and, and, and here's the thing, that, that to be blind is this idea of being unawakened to truth. So this blindness, I don't, I don't think we want to pretend that this is just about some folks who do not have ocular, that their ocular system is not functioning at all, which is what would be legally blind. I don't think that that's what it's talking about at all. I think it's talking about us and our unwillingness to see, us refusing to take responsibility for seeing what is before us and for seeing, hear me now, the divine pattern in everything. Seeing what we want to see. That's blindness. You choosing what you're going to see rather than being willing to see what is before us. What is calling us into service? What is calling us, dare I say, into action? So here we have the blind men following. Now, see, I think that gives us a clue because you're going to be hard-pressed to follow two of y'all. But what you're doing is this is us in our blindness seeking vision, seeking the ability to see what's here. Asking one who knows, one who clearly can see. 
to say I'm no longer willing to just play around on Facebook and Twitter and the like, pretending I don't see and just responding to the mess. But this is instead seeking out the wisdom. And you know in verse 29 it says he simply touched their eyes. Now, now look at here, I, I, I'm going to go all the way. See, I don't even know that it's trying to tell us that he physically laid hands on their eyes. He touched their eyes. Just like we touch each other's hearts. That doesn't mean we're running around touching each other in the chest cavity. It's saying instead that something happened, that there was a connection, that there was a warmth, that there was the presence of love in such a way that the blindness was removed, the unwillingness to see. And what are the words that we are told were spoken? Just as you have believed. You followed me, believing that something could be different in our connection. I'm trying to say something this morning, that something can be different simply by our connection in our touching each other, even as we are maintaining physical distance. How could we miss this? How could we miss this? Because we've been put in practice. This shelter in place has required that we find new ways to touch and connect with each other. So look at here, this notion of touching the eyes, touching the soul, touching the heart, touching the mind, being touched by each other. And at once their eyes were open. <laughs> now that says to me that the problem was these eyes were closed. That was the problem. And that's our problem, that we're walking around with our eyes closed, missing what's happening Believing that there's not, that there's nothing that each of us can do. This lie that I'm just me, what can I do? It's too big a thing. There's something for each and every one of us to do. And I'm going to give you some ideas later, but for right now, I want to just remind you that faith is required. We see that. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Because if you don't believe, I need you to, yeah, well, this is not the master teacher's way of doing it. But I just have to say, I'm going to need you to get out of my way. I'm going to have to just ask you to step aside. Because if you don't believe, you're in the way of those who do believe. Those who are willing. Those are the ones who are going to be touched. So look. I believe, I've just come up with this because I, it helps me, my own learning. I'm a person who uses a variety of learning tools and tricks, if you will. That belief plus trust equals faith. So essentially, faith is the sum, the outcome of any time we are believing and trusting. That combination gets us to faith, and faith is required. So look, I think that this, the, the lyrics in Amazing Grace help us to, to wrap our minds around this blindness. It's not that it can't be seen, it's that we hadn't been willing to see it until some moment in time when that changed. 
how sweet the sound of amazing grace, its own vibration. Because once I was lost and now I'm found, I was blind, but now I see. And what happened? I was touched by whatever Whatever I saw, whatever I felt in my willingness, there's a moment when, when a willingness clicks in and I see something else. This is a time. This is now, present time, where we're being called to let the willingness click in for us to see what we've been missing. Case in point. Bring me to this, this slide so so I can show them these, these two photos. I'm calling this, I have labeled this an illustration of white privilege. Because if you look at the frame on the left, the first frame there on the left, what you see is protesters being tear gassed. Now the protesters are, are there, I wanna say rightfully, one, because protest is legal in the United States. And they are protesting the murder of George Floyd by officers earlier that day. So here's the thing that we, if we were willing to see, we would be expecting that this would happen. And I want to say that somebody was because what we see is we see the attack on the protesters. That's what we see in that photo. But when we look on the right, in the second frame, we see armed protesters. Do I need to point out to you that the protesters in the first frame are black and the protesters in the second frame are white? And they have effectively taken over the Michigan State House, protesting the lawful order, the lawful stay-at-home order. I don't know how many of us were here in California when the Black Panthers armed went up to the Sacramento State House, the Sacramento Capitol. And immediately following that, the NRA and the legislators, legislature made it illegal to carry to bear arm, arms in that way and the NRA began to a campaign to outarm the black panthers so i just I, I, i'm just saying if if we develop a willingness to see the blindness of a certain pattern that is very clear here i'm saying we too can be sufficiently touched that we can move beyond missing the pattern. And the consistent thread throughout the fabric of our lives. The, the person who wrote that, or who actually posted that. I'm going to need my note from over there because I realized I left it. I wanted to share just a little bit about what he said. It's in the folder. Thank you. My apologies, folks. 
My apology. Oh, we. Well, maybe not. Yes. Thank you. It was already out the photo. Okay. Because I wanted to tell you his name. Uh, Eric Folkerth, who's the senior pastor at the Kessler Park United Methodist Church in Dallas at this post. We will post it. So if you have our, uh, if you're on our mailing list, then you will automatically get the link to this. Um, but I just want to, to give you a little bit of what he says in his post. He says, my struggle to adequately describe the murder of George Floyd ended when I saw the, these photos last night, he says. He says, if you don't understand white privilege, take a good, long, hard look at those two images. Because these two images are, as I have entitled it, an illustration of white privilege. He says, imagine, if you will, hundreds of armed African-American men storming your state house, wherever you live, with guns, even if it's legal in your state law. How would they be treated? In this instance, you can see that the state police are standing there just at attention while they're being spat upon. And uh, we don't get photos of black folks this close with that kind of venom. This is an illustration of white privilege, and he is a white man. Did I, I fail to say that? He is a white man, is calling it out. And this is what I've come today to say to our white allies, and we have many. I'm going to need y'all to show up, to speak up, to stand up, to support this. He says, black and brown people in America are not allowed the privilege of their understandable, justifiable anger in ways that white people are. And he said, that's just one side of the equation. The other side is that white people are allowed, time and time again, to behave in ways that no other race is allowed to behave. He says, we, meaning because he's a white man, so he's speaking from that, so I'm reading his words. We are allowed to yell at cops at point-blank range. We are allowed to effectively shut down a statehouse. We are allowed to call the, peace, the police on African Americans at a picnic, at a swim party, or even when they're asking us to follow the legal law and put a leash on our dog. He says far too many white people believe the law does not apply to them. And then he speaks outright. He says, if you, dear white siblings... Our allies do not understand that you walk around with this privilege every day. I would suggest that you have not looked hard enough at your life. And I would add that you like the blind men in Matthew 9. And then he quotes the lyric, the lyrics of a song, and I'm just going to give you a couple of lines. It's George Gorka's song, Ignorance and Privilege. I was born to privilege that I did not see, lack of pigment in my skin, one of free and easy in. I, don't, I didn't know it, but my way was paved. To me, that, this awakening is I was blind, but now 
I see. Now I'm aware of how I have and am contributing to the problem rather than lifting up the solution. He says the combination of white privilege and that kind of aggressive military-style response to black and brown bodies that you see on the left, he says that's deadly. And he suggests that we ask ourselves again, how is it that officers stand by and allow white people to spit on them in the Michigan capital? Aren't you outraged by that too? He says, because I am, he says, that is white privilege. It's a total disrespect of the police. And when most white armed thugs can effectively shut down a state house, our democracy is in real peril, like we didn't know. He says, we are swimming so deeply in an ocean of white privilege that we don't even see how dangerous that moment really was. It's blindness is what I'm calling it. The same blindness that when we're touched, hear me now, that when we are touched with the truth, when we are touched with the illumination of our place in creating our responsibility in creating a world that works for everyone. And let me, let me back off of that because we're really not called to create it. What we're called to do is to break the mess that is keeping us from it. Because a world that works for everyone, I believe, is present. It has just been hidden and covered over and obfuscated. It's just, it's our role, our responsibility is to get to it. To remove everything that is in the way so that we can have clear and unobstructed access to the truth and then begin to live in it like we recognize it, like we know what it is and what's, what we're called to do and be in it. You know, even last week, this is, this is one of my favorite pieces where Ernest Holmes kind of breaks down this notion of it is done unto you as you believe. Because he invites us to, uh, go ahead, put the, the, the slide up for me because I, I want people to really get that work that he's doing there. He's saying that, that although it's summed up, I would say that, that the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, that his teaching could be synthesized too. It is done unto you as you believe. But Ernest Holmes said, look at how you say that. He said, you got to pause after the word as. It is done unto you. What? As you believe. While you are yet believing, while you're in the act of believing, that's what a work is done. Can, can you feel the difference, y'all? Can you feel that this is not a testimony I used to believe and for 50 years I believe? Uh-uh, this ain't that. This is as you are in the experience, the energy of believing. That's where the the magic, that's where the miracle, that's where the juice is. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's where it is. It is in 
as you believe. Because that's when you're touched. That's when you're touched. The eyes, the ears, the mind, the heart, the very soul of our being. That's the transformative moment. He says there's no need to fear anything in this life. If we believe that called on or not, God is always present. So look, for all of us, but I need my allies to move in close, to just get up close to the, to the screen, because I'm, I'm talking to everybody, but I really want, I want to touch y'all, because I'm counting on you. I always have, but now I am publicly saying to my white allies, I am counting on you. Because we're doing all we can. We're taking all the licks. And I'm going to need you to run some interference. Look at here. Some white women in Kentucky understand exactly what I'm talking about. I want to give you an illustration, a graphic depiction, a photograph. Come on, help me out here. This picture. This is where you see white folks, our allies, lined up, arms locked, standing between the Louisville Metro Police and the black protesters. See, I'm going to, because sometimes the first thing is, but what can I do? I'm, I'm, I want you to see. I'm wanting you to see that there's a place for you in this work. There always has been, and y'all have always shown up. But I'm going to need more of you on the front line. There's this, one of our sisters, Corrine Shutak, S-H-U-T-A-C-K. I do not know the pronunciation, but I want to give her full credit. In 2017, she published the 75 things which white people can do for racial justice. Now, when I think of a list of 75, I'm like, y'all going to be busy. You got lots of options. And in her list, she includes videos and audio readings just to, because part of this is that touching can also be education. And he touched their eyes. He touched their heart. He touched their mind. This idea is that there's, there's work to be done, but it's not like just spontaneous work. Do the work. Do the research. Be willing to stand informed. But I just have two or three things I want to offer. Say something. <laughs> when you see wrong, I'm, I'm loving it that everybody is videotaping because the only thing different, dare I say, is that we now see it on video. That's what's different. Many of us were holding victims and, and just, and, and some were giving therapy to. And, and, but we've always known the difference is now we get to see it. So I'm saying if you see it, get in there, though. Say something. Do something. Also, and we see this lately, I'm going to need y'all to call the organizations whose staff are violating human rights. So when you, when you see it on Facebook, when you read about it, when your, your fellow 
white brothers and sisters tell you, look, we got some calls to make. We're going to have to call the corporate office en masse and let them know, uh-uh, not going to happen. And I'm going to step out here on a limb. I'm going to need y'all to buy black, too. I'm going to ask that you support some black organizations and black businesses and put some of your money in some black banks. This is a part of how we are in this together. This is the this is Pentecost. Because I know there's some part of that that you like, I was with you, Rev, before, but now what? The black bank, what, where? I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to do some research. I'm not promoting a specific black bank, but I know there's a black bank in which you can put some money. We can do this. We can do this. And to not spend money with companies who are hiring prison labor. It's, it's strategic. It's organized. It's getting the attention of everyone so that we can have different outcomes. There's so many black bodies on the front line. And, and please don't misunderstand me because there's not a protest anywhere that I, I can't recall where there were not allies present. So I'm grateful, but I'm going to need you all to step it up. To get informed and stay informed. Read and watch and be aware. And not just question your black friends. That's not off limits, but that cannot be the only source of education. Is to put us on the spot as representatives of an entire people. So I'm counting on you. And I'm going to close with these words by Ernest Holmes. Give me the slide because I want folks to see it because you can say it with me, all of us. Us people of color, our white allies, all of us are in this together. And here's the bottom line truth. There is that which in with, sorry, there is that within me which knows, understands, accepts, believes, recognizes and embodies. That's what we're going for, the awareness that this is true. I know and I know that I know. I believe and I know that I believe. I am confident of the power of my own word and I have implicit reliance upon the truth. I expect the truth to operate. And so this is, this is how we're walking. This is how we're standing, how we're singing, how we're moving, how we're calling. From this awareness is that we got this. That we are putting together our belief, our trust, and thus we are creating and expanding our faith. I love you.
And I'm going to ask Revelo to step in here because I'm going to ask you to give. I'm going to ask you to support this ministry and the work that is required to transform the current experience. Revelo. Thank you so much, Reverend Andriette, for bringing such an extraordinary message today. And indeed, we've all been brought to Matthew 9 and 30, and at once their eyes were opened. Our unwillingness to see is now healed, and we allow our eyes and our hearts to be open to new levels, new vistas of love and faith. As Reverend Andriette said, faith plus trust, uh, or belief plus trust equals faith. And we now have an opportunity to demonstrate our faith through our gracious giving. At Heart and Soul Center of Light, we have several ways in which you can graciously give. You can mail your checks to Heart and Soul Center of Light at 1,142nd Street, Suite 100, Oakland, California, 94609. You can give online at heartsoulcenter.org slash give. And you can text to give to 510-558-49. However you choose to give is right and perfect. And at Heart and Soul Center of Light, we have a tradition of blessing our good before we even give it, thereby establishing an intention for the good that our gift will do in the world. And so wherever you happen to be in the world, I invite you to take your gift in hand or to even just place your hand over your heart because the greatest gift that you can ever experience is that gift of life that's beating right under your hand. And let us say together, I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through my church, my church, and throughout the world because I know God as source, and so it is. You know it. I finally arrived. Made a good life for myself. Got it together. Feel mighty strong. Looking for a better life. Gonna make changes. Yeah. 
feel my emotions Hear what I say The things I want, I want for you fooling if I'm to believe that I'm any more than Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. Gonna make changes. Thank you, Tammy. So that's really it, isn't it, y'all? That each of us would declare in the words of Phyllis Hyman, gonna make changes. Gonna stand in a new place. There's an opportunity always for you to support Heart and Soul I'm grateful for all of your financial contributions. Let me just say, keep those cards and let us come in. But also to stay tuned in. We are, you know, we are in this shelter in place thing and we're doing our best to stay in touch. Be in touch with us too. You can see uh, on the screen now how you can find us online and all of the ways that we can connect we are going to, we're going to begin doing even more in terms of content that we can share with you and uh, you can share with us because there's so much that we need to stay in, in communication around. There's also resources. So on Monday evenings, on Monday evening, the next one is tomorrow. The, our practitioners, the Heart and Soul pr licensed practitioners are doing a book study, a book review, and it's our daily read, our daily devotional, A Year of Miracles. Why? Because we are truly, hear me now, expecting a miracle. We know that this is a year 
of adventure in faith. This is, this is for real. I mean, anybody doubt that? So we are on an adventure in faith, and yet at, on our adventure, we are expecting a miracle. So come be with us and, and do the work. We got to do the work, the spiritual work, the grounding work, so that we can stand at times that it's very difficult. And if you notice, at the bottom of that slide on the right, we're now letting you know exactly what, you, what to do. To, we want you to have every uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we publish notes. Someone writes a bit of a summary on the talk, my, what, the message that I delivered. But all of the slides that I've used are there. And anytime I promise you um, a copy uh, of whatever it is I'm reading from, the link can be found in that. So this shows you exactly how to get there. You want to get that in, though, before Tuesday. You want to do it today or tomorrow. I'm not even going to say Tuesday because at some point they have to, to go in and get that out and put you on the list and make sure you get it. So I'm going to give you till tomorrow, today and tomorrow, to get in and get your name as a part of that distribution list. I also want you to save the date for summer school. If you have been a part of Heart and Soul um, and can be here during the summer, you know that our summer school, our adult summer school, is amazing. This is the first year that we've done it virtually, so I'm going to ask you to pray for us, but we know that it's going to be good and you'll be able to access it via Zoom. So the dates are June 8th, that's not true, July 8th through August 19th. So it's for seven Wednesdays. You know, Imagining Justice is on an, we're an academic year. And so their last session was last Wednesday. Then we have nothing is happening on the Wednesdays officially until Wednesday, July 8th, and it begins at 6.30. I want to remind you that the amazing Tabby Hall is available to us every Thursday from 6 to 8 via, that's Pacific time, by the way, via Facebook Live. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. This is, there's some gifts in this shelter in place. And this is one of them, because I don't know where you'd have to go and what you'd have to pay in order to have this kind of direct access to Tammy Lynn Hall. So we're just going to give thanks that one of the blessings of being sheltered in place by the corona is that we have access to Tammy Hall. We want you to support, continue to support uh, the 60th anniversary fundraiser for Marcus Books. Also just support, because we're asking you to support our friends at Kingston 11, the town's gathering space. Also, if you are interested in being a member of Heart and Soul, once again, a benefit of the corona is that we now have our path to membership experience is virtual. So you can be in on it no matter where you are. Now, the hours are, are very Pacific, standard, Pacific time hours because it's Friday evening from 6.30 to 9.30, and then on Saturday morning from 9.30 to 12.30 right afternoon. So wherever you are, if you want to be a part of that, just work out the timing. It could just mean get a nap on Friday. That might be all that's required in order for you to participate. If you have teenagers, 
Um, look, at, see that there's an email there if you want them to be a part of the Zoom session that is designed and um, implemented for teens. Be sure to um, send an email so that they can be in touch with you about including your teen. If you have a youngin, then likewise you want to send an email to the um, email address for the Youth and Family Village. That's for ages 4 to 12, and they meet this afternoon at 4. There is group prayer following this service. Give them, give them about 5 or 10 minutes to get set up for you, but just know that this is a time when you want to get all the prayer that you can get, that there's something about grounding yourself, but also opening your heart and your spirit to what is possible. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to join us in prayer now, and then after that, Valerie is going to give us another selection, she and Tammy, and we just are grateful. So it is in this absolute gratitude. I'm standing in, in gratitude and thanksgiving and divine appreciation for the awareness, because I know I was blind. <laughs> I was blind, you see, and now I see I didn't always know that there's one life. And that that life is the living one, that it is the strong one, that it is the life of God, and that I am living the life of God, and that the life of God is living me. I didn't know that that was true about each and every one of us. That the life of the divine is living each and every one of us without exception. And that each and every one of us, without exception, is living the life of the divine, that we're breathing literally the breath of the divine, even as the breath of the divine is breathing us. It is the very life that we are being. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know that this awareness is what a part of what is going to turn this thing on its head. The awareness that there's only one of us, the Pentecost, that we can all be together in this, that there's a level of understanding that we've never had before, a willingness that we've never embraced before. But right now, each one in their own way gives up whatever is in the way to come together so that we have a healing, the divine revelation of peace, the divine revelation of human rights, of justice for all. It's already been written. Oh, Father, Mother, God. I speak this word for, for healing on the part of those who, those families who, who are suffering right now, who are in grief right now having to do with the coronavirus, having to do with the, the protests, having to do with the, the police state, having to do with the, the unfair and the, the, the attacks on black and brown people. That I speak this word that they be surrounded and enfolded by the very grace of God by the peace, by the love of God. 
that there be a soothing and ease. Not that we would forget from whence we've come in any of this, but that we would remember how we got over. That we would remember that it required everyone that it required us changing our minds. I'm giving thanks right now for everyone who has changed their mind this day. I'm giving thanks that that change, that simple shift, is responsible for a ripple effect. Oh, I'm giving thanks. I'm giving thanks for our participation, for our cooperation, for us going the extra mile. I'm giving thanks for the healing that that represents for each and every one. Oh, I know that the presence of God, the power of God, surrounds and enfolds each and every one of us in an empowered way. And for this, I give thanks. I know, and I know that I know that something has shifted, and I'm giving thanks for that shift. And so it is an absolute perfect gratitude that I just let go and I let God, that I release this word into the perfect activity of law that I accept that this is done and done well in God. And knowing that it is, I let it be. I let it be. I know God is, and I am, and we are, and all is exceedingly well. And for this, too, I am grateful. And so I just seal it for all eternity by simply saying, Amen, Ashe, and so it is. Valerie. I'm going to keep on singing till I get out of here. Get out of here, get out of here. Gonna keep on singing till I get out of here. Lay my burdens down. I'm gonna keep on praying till I get out of here. Get out of here, get out of here. Gonna keep on praying till I get out of here. Lay my burdens down. All night long, scream and shout. 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 I'm gonna keep on marching till I get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Gonna keep on marching till I get out of here, lay my burdens down. I'm gonna keep on screaming till I get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Gonna keep on screaming till I get out of here, lay my burdens down. All night long, scream and shout. All night long, scream and shout. All night long, scream and shout. Keep on moaning till I get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Gonna keep on moaning till I get out of here. Lay my burdens down. I'm gonna keep on living till I get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Gonna keep on living till I get out of here. Lay my burdens down. All night long, scream and shout. 
curtains down. We're gonna lay our burdens down. I'm gonna lay my burdens down. I'm gonna lay my burdens down. 